time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I'm Cody. I'm Kathy. And you're listening to the Weight Endurance Podcast, and we're on to episode number 64, which is the sixth and final episode in our event prep series, which to be clear, we're not this is not our final podcast episode. But right, just concluding this really cool mini-series about having some events. And getting ready to race um, and racing your best. So we're going to wrap the the event prep series up as if you've just finished a big block of racing, like like I guess we have in a, in a way, and our uh, WE development team has with, you know, after that last A race or series of races, um, what do you need to do? You need to take a break. Um, so for lack of a better term, we'll call it a mid-season break. Um, although these breaks don't always necessarily happen in the middle of the season. Um, they basically just happen at the end of your, like, ra- like a racing block or your eight races. And then another little kind of caveat to it, too, is many of our listeners, especially in Colorado, but in, like, the northern climates and stuff, that your racing season may actually just be beginning to get going. Um, so this isn't exactly like time relevant, um, but your mid-season break or your break after your A race may happen, let's say, for example, like towards the end of summer, you know, you take a break before maybe you do cyclocross season or something like that, or um, depending on when your A races are. Right. So you can just plan ahead, listen to us chat about it now, and then tuck it away as something you may want to listen to again when it's like the middle of July or the end of, of the summer, and you're ready to take a few days off the bike, and you need a little reminder that it's the best thing to do. Exactly. But before we do that, let's mention uh, Pressery, our favorite cold-pressed, uh, I'm sorry, cold, fresh-made, cold-shipped. Um, I was thinking of olive oil, cold-pressed. <laughs> <laughs> but fresh-made, cold-shipped uh, bone, bone broth and noodle packs. Um, we love them. We've talked about them many times before. And um, now you can order them online at pressery.com and have them shipped right to your door. So they're easy to find wherever you live, easy to obtain. And you can even get on their subscription order to have the, the bone broth like we do shipped to our, our door every once a month um, to keep us stocked up. So there's tons of nutritious benefits to bone broth. And um, I highly encourage you to, to give it a go. And you can use uh, the coupon code WAIT10, W-A-I-T-E, all capitals, and then the number 10, for 10 bucks off your order at Pressery.com um, for a one-time order or the subscription order if you sign up for that too. So your, your subscription order has 10 bucks off. So really good deal. Um, what's your favorite mm. Pressery flavor item? Well, I just love both the chicken and the beef bone broths. And I like that we get it monthly, um, a delivery monthly to our door now so that I don't have to really plan and think about it. It's just there. And with the colder, wet, wetter weather that's moved in lately it's mm-hmm. been soup season again for me and like yesterday morning i cranked out some barley and mushroom and kale soup and opened the fridge and there was 
two different choices of flavors. Yeah, and that's the great thing about bone broth is like you can't simply sip it warm in a mug. Um, I mean, it's kind of one of my favorite things to do is I wind down in the evening. But using it as a base to soups, mm-hmm. um, like you said, stews. Also just cooking rice if you're a rice eater. Like instead of just cooking rice and water, add the bone broth. It not yeah, only we does do that it, a lot. Yeah, add the flavor, but tons of nutrients and all the benefits of the bone broth. Um, I'm sure there's many other things. I mean, if you cook, if you, not that many people probably make sauces these days, but um, in, our, in my culinary days, we'd make a lot of sauces. And uh, if I were to do that again, the, these, the bone broth would be perfect for that too. So um, check them out, pressery.com. Let us know what you think. Um, all right, let's get on with the show. So basically following the progression of our, our event prep series, you've or really whole season, you've trained really hard, you've built your base, right? You went through your race prep programming and, and training, and you've now raced um, or hypothetically raced in this situation if you haven't yet started racing. And then what happens is at the end of all this, you're tired, believe it or not. I think us older folks recognize that, but our our younger riders on our team don't always necessarily get that feeling that's, or concept. Yeah, that's for sure. But <laughs> I, I think the more they've been training with us, the more they realize it is important. There's not the panic anymore. When you mention a, a few days off the bike, like there was last summer, for example. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, last summer really threw them for a loop because we didn't actually get to race, but we still like did our training progressions as if we were racing. But yeah, it's, um, it, it, it is a tough concept, I think, for people to grasp because it, a lot of times it's like you've, maybe you've, you've done all this hard work, this training, you've been racing, and you feel like you're in really good shape. And it's hard to sort of like, quote unquote, let go of that fitness or, or shape. And, and even though we all know in our heads that three, four, five days off the bike, we're not going to get, quote, out of shape. But it's really hard, I think, for a lot of type A people to let go and take that break. I think we got a little lucky that our recovery week, our midseason break, coincided with cooler, wetter weather here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Made it easier. But people who are just starting their race, race season, they may come due for a midseason break the first week of August, and I'm sure that would feel a little strange. It's gorgeous outside. I, I want to go ride my bike. Right. Well, I get it, but check out what we have to say, and maybe you'll, you'll <laughs> take a few days off the bike. Yeah. So so what is what are we talking about, midseason break? Um, touched on it a little bit already. You know, this may or may not be the actual literal mid middle of your season, but just after, basically we're meaning after your A race, or if you have a block of racing leading up to your A race, you know, after that. So it's all part of, um, part of the progression, you know, of training, you know, we talk about progressions quite often, and whether it be in our interval progressions, or base training progressions, or strength training progressions that, you know, there's a systematic, you know, um, what's another word for it, like, formula recipe Mm -hmm. of, you know, building up your fitness. And part of that formula or recipe is you have to take a break, once you've sort of peaked and then what that allows you to do is it gives you a mental a mental break where you can decompress all of the like the cognitive load of everything a lot of stuff we talked about in the last episode surrounding mental fitness but then also the more obvious like physical break as well you know letting your legs rest and that sort of thing if you look around in nature you see many examples of things resting it's just sort of the, the flow of life you know in in like farming you there's a time to plant there's a time to grow and then there's a time for the field to 
to lay fat, what they say, like rest or like lie fa fallow. I may have that word wrong, but, and then like if you're making dough in the, in the kitchen, you pound on it, knead it, knead it, work it over, yeah. work it over. And then you put it in a boat bowl and cover it with a, a cloth and let it rest so that it rises. It becomes what it should be after it rests. Yeah. And great analogy. I, I mean, maybe it's a little silly <laughs> to throw those out there, but I think that's true. And, you know, we always say we're not robots. Well, and then I think even like a phone has to rest once in a while. Like <laughs> they say, like, turn your phone off, like restart it. Mm -hmm. Even a, a, a piece of technological equipment needs to rest now and then. True, and true. we are humans who are very, very, well, human. Yeah. And we need to rest. Yeah, absolutely. So think of this as like a reboot, you know, rebooting your phone or your computer where, you know, you have to like shut it off briefly and mm -hmm. then start it up again. And it works better. Right. Same kind of concept. I like that. So, um, yeah, so it's all part of the process. Uh, you know, the the why is is simply, I mean, I guess we already sort of touched on it, is that you, you need to, you've built up all this fitness. You've trimmed it down to really peak and come into your A race. Now you need to lose some of that fitness so then you can rebuild it for another higher peak. So if you're someone following one of our training progressions, it's all in there where you, you build that base fitness, the race prep fitness, you taper, you peak, you have your race, you know, there's some C and B races along the way as you go up and then you take this break. Um, and when we're talking more like a mid season break, it, what that denotes or means is that you're, you're, it's fairly short and we'll talk about how short it should be coming up here. And then you're going to then rebuild fitness. Most of the time that means getting back into another race prep cycle of training, gearing up for your next A race that is, you know, we suggest usually like eight to 12 weeks away is a good way to go. If it's more than that, maybe even go back to a little bit of base training prior to that as well. So it's all just like this cyclical pattern within the greater season of this year, 2021 of, you know, building fitness, peaking, resting, take your break and then rebuild and peak again um, for another peak later in the in the season. So it's a, it's a great way to just change things up, keep things really stimulated. Um, you know, our bodies like different challenges. If we did the same thing all the time, we would plateau. So taking these breaks provides a, an obvious change in stimulant stimulation and that you're not doing anything for a few days. And then you hit the reset and create new stimulus to build up. The next so for you, do you think that you you benefit more from the physical recovery or the mental recovery of taking a mid-season break? Or is it just a combination of both? It's definitely a combination of both. Um, it probably depends on the person and, like, I guess how much actual training they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that ties in kind of where I was going with this is, like, how, how should you do this? So someone who's training – a lot like a higher volume athlete or doing a lot of high intensity training or, or whatever the case may be typically needs a little bit longer mid-season break um those that maybe aren't training as like a high of a level of volume and consistency maybe doesn't need quite as long of a little mid-season break and then on the other side those that put a lot of maybe pressure and stress and strain maybe that cognitive deloading can be very useful for sure and, and perhaps more important. I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think of a working adult and trying to juggle getting to work or fulfilling work obligations and projects due, and then they're trying to squeeze in a two-hour interval session or a strength session 
then they have family duties on top of it. I mean, that can get really taxing week after week. Yeah. And to have a, you know, three to seven days off where, oh my gosh, I don't have to like make sure my, my bike chamois clean or <laughs> my battery's charged on my head unit or. Right. Or I can have two cups of coffee and relax in the morning before going to work. Yeah. Or, you know, instead of getting my ride in or whatever. So Yeah, I think that part's so invaluable because it does get tiring after a while to juggle a, a busy schedule. It does. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and base training hopefully is is not overly stressful, but as you get closer and closer to your goal events, like I know for me at least, just speaking of personal experiences, like I get the closer I get, the more focused and like you could even use the word obsessed maybe over like getting the right recovery, getting, doing everything as best as I possibly can. Right. Like each week that I get closer to the race, right. It's like, I get more obsessed with like doing it as perfectly as I possibly can. And that creates a lot of like, you know, mental stress. Like and internal. Internal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause a lot, cause it usually it means somewhere else in my life is losing some of my attention because I've now shifted more attention towards doing the best possible preparation I can. And you can only do that for so long until mentally you'll just get burned out. You know, you can't do that all summer long, you know, through a whole season of, of racing or whatever. So you have to kind of pick and choose and know like, okay, for these three weeks leading into my A race, you know, I like to call it, um, what do I call it? I don't know. But what just getting, <laughs> I thought I had a fun name for it, but I guess not. But just getting really focused and serious in, yeah. in, in my preparation. And that just carries a, a big load. And, and it's felt immediately as soon as the race is over, it's like, ah, you can like decompress. Oh, absolutely. And those first few days where you just take it like completely off the bike, it's like, oh, you can finally like relax, but then also turn your attention to fill in the blank of whatever it was you were neglecting or, or not giving your best attention to. So um, so I think the physical and cognitive load are equally important probably for most people. Um, so yeah, so you know, all of this is really just an effort to avoid burnout because right. if you maintain the, the high pressure of training and, and, and being your best for a super long period of time, you can lead to like a burnout situation and you can lose motivation too, which is, I guess, ties in with burning out. So it'll help you avoid that burnout, maintain motivation. And subsequently you're going to train better and perform better later on in the season because of this break. I agree. Like we took most of last week off. I rode my bike two times total in, well, I took like four or five days totally off the bike. And then Mm -hmm. I just did a couple quick spins with Sophia and a girlfriend and it was great, wonderful, and now tomorrow I'm excited to get back on my bike. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Right, right, to get you re-excited. Yeah. Um, and even if you haven't gotten to the point of, like, not being excited, you still need to f- force yourself to take that break because mm-hmm. even though your motivation still might be pretty good, you know, a, a third of the way through the season, if you'd skip taking a break, when you get two-thirds of the way through the season with a third still to go – it's quite possible that motivation wanes. But if you take that break at the right time, then the motivation is more likely to be there. So, um, so yeah, so how, how many days do you take? You just mentioned you took like three or four days off. It was in a four. Row. Four I days. just calculated in my head. It was exactly four days off. Yeah, and with our redevelopment team, um, I remember telling them on our Zoom call a week ago, it was like, I want everyone to take a minimum of four consecutive days off their bike. Um, five is even better, um, but four is what I want to see for sure. And, um, I think that's a good, 
number of days for most people. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to how long was your buildup? How stressful was it? How much fitness and training load and stress did you accumulate? The more of that, the more, the longer, the more days you should have as part of your break up to, you know, six or seven days, possibly like a full week. Um, you're not going to lose that much fitness. Um, that, that's what you have to be aware of going into it. And then you're going to be able to do more work and better training after the break. So that fitness that you did lose comes back really quickly. And subsequently, you end up with more fitness, you know, several weeks down the road, which is the goal to have that higher peak the second time around within the single season. Um, and then, you know, like I said earlier, if you, if your training hasn't been ultra consistent or you're just like more of a low volume athlete and you mm -hmm. train maybe four or five days a week, you know, for one to two hours at a time in the occasional longer day or whatever, you may not need a whole week off, you know, three days might be sufficient. So it's just something to create like a, a period to mm -hmm. the first half of that, the season or your first peak of the season. So then you can start the new sentence of the second build. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you know, what do you do during the breaks? Because I had to clarify with our, our, our Devo riders. Oh, my gosh, you did. Somebody <laughs> texted it and asked you if they could, what, shuttle, bike? What did, what did they say? Oh, yeah, one of the questions was, can I, because I wanted four days off the bike, and they're like, well, can we do bike shuttles, where, which is, for those who are unfamiliar with that term, um, where you get driven to the top of a hill or a trail, and then you ride your bike down, you know, with the theory of working on your descending skills and whatnot, and then you get back in the car and someone drives you back up to the top. So granted, oh gosh, maybe you're not pedaling a ton, up. but okay. you're still on your bike. <laughs> and you need a break. Um, you could hear the tone, pretty please, 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 right. pretty please. And and then that crestfallen sigh of, uh, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Because coach did say no. Right. Um, so yeah, I want the, away from the bike. Um, and then other issues uh, or things we've seen in the past too is like, okay, I want you guys to take a break and then you see they went for like a 12 mile hike or something oh yeah we had that last that was year, last too. year. Yep. yeah there was a, <laughs> a 13 mile hike walk jog to yeah. meet each other across the city right right it's creative it was creative but not, and i applaud the desire to be active and move but it's better to be as like chill as possible mm -hmm. and maybe put that energy towards something more quote-unquote domestic maybe like I told the kids like this is the time you want to go like how about clean your room or what else did I say you know maybe try taking naps or reading books well or... many of them have homework and finals that's to true oh, that's right it did yeah. line up perfectly for many for the last weeks of school and projects and finals and that was the things like put your focus on that for for those four or five days um and then other things you can do too that are more cycling related is you know clean your bike, you know, all that sort of thing. Go through your equipment, you know, replace things that need to be replaced or figure those sorts of things out too. And another way also, just as a little side note, similarly is if you are to a point where you're not burned out, but just like your whole build and everything was tough and you're drained, another little tactic to reignite motivation for the second half of the season is some form of new equipment. When you get a new pair of shoes, for example, then you're like excited to go ride again. Um, and that may be somewhat temporary, but it might be just enough combined with the break to keep you going and, you know, reignite the, the flame of motivation if you get to that point. Well, and it could be something as simple as a new pair of socks or yeah, it can like be. a new type of 
like uh, energy bar or gel or something. Yeah, it doesn't just, have to be expensive. Yeah, like a favorite gummy bear that you want to try. Right. <laughs> I don't know, something simple. I, I, you don't have to go buy $300 pair of shoes. Right, that's true. Um, but any kind of something new, I think, stokes the, the flame to go to get back at it after a season break. Another thing that can motivate you to train again is spend an afternoon, like we did yesterday, uh, lying on the bean bag in the couch, and we watched two World Cup races. Yeah. And it was relaxing. I can't remember the last time I laid, laid around for three hours. I know, me too. And it was super motivating to watch these incredible racers. Yeah, we had our warm cups of tea and kind of just sat in the beanbag chair. You were on the couch. And it was so fun. The dogs cuddled up with us, and it was well, fun. it cuddled with you. You were hogging them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they like the beanbag chair, I think. Um, all right, so hopefully that was enough reason and motivation to take a break. Um, I think it's often hard to get people to do that. Um, but it's well, well worth it. Think of it as an investment into the, like the second part of your season at your second peak or, or a race, um, when that happens for you. And, um, cool. We kept this one nice, short and sweet and to the point. I think our best one yet. Yeah. Um, which was our goal with this event prep series was to have fairly short, precise little nuggets of, uh, Race right, and the takeaway here is your coach is telling you to take a few days off the bike. Exactly. And then we'll take a few days off from the podcast, and then we'll be back with kind of like the second half of a build of a season discussions, and we'll get those figured oh, out. That sounds so, good. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you in a few days after your break. All right, take care. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.